Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. It's 2022, and in this new year, there's a new way to help support the podcast and keep the show going. Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite hosts. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. And just like that, Dragula Season 4 has come to an end. But who was crowned the next drag super monster? It's time to find out as we talk all things Dragula Season 4. And joining me are the three tenants of Block Talk Dragula recaps, all wrapped up in one, Seraphim, and playing the part of Desiree Dick and Zalika Parsons, Scout Sonner! Oh, yes, hi, it's me. Howdy. Oh. Um, Scout, you can do Zalika and Desiree impressions throughout the podcast if you would like to. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm not gonna do that. That sounds okay. like I'm asking for trouble. Yes. Well, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you for trouble right now. What I was gonna ask the three of them if they were together, who represents each tenant of Dragula? So now you get to decide who is the glamour, horror, and film of those three. No, 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 not you. Of of Seraphim, Zalika, and uh, Desiree. Oh wait, that's so easy though. I I agree. I want to see if Scout is um, smart enough. I assume it would would Desiree be horror as a leak of filth and this bitch glamorous? That's what I would put it. Probably. Yeah. I, I would assume so. All right. Season's over. Before we dive into the specifics of this episode, how are we feeling? Uh, uh um I'm alive. Does that count? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I've watched so many uh drag show finales in the last uh, like 10 days of my life <laughs> well what's what's funny is i think of the 12 shows i covered on block talk in 2021 you've been on you'll be on the on a quarter of the finale recaps what else did i recap the finale for so there's this there's another one recently and there's Italia. Italia. What else was there? Oh, right. that's so that just that's a, a court. That, that's oh, the, I'm just that, your oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that was wow. I, there I'm, you go. New Year, still you. Oh yeah, no, I'm just as stunned as I was last year. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. All right. Well, let's start this opening montage. We're gonna get a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the show. The boudoir is small. The stage is smaller. You get what you pay for. Then we're going to get some like brooding images of our finalists, like staring longingly in the mirror, sitting on a couch, stroking a fast food cup, walking outside. And then we are going to go to a location in Koreatown, some theme park. How do they get to decide who gets to do what? I don't know. Who, who storyboarded that music video? That whole thing Listen, was- 
It was Listen, so dramatic. <laughs> this was one of those things where I was like, it felt like an 18-year-old filmmaker going into their freshman year at NYU being like, I'm an artist. They the film is filled that. with imagery and important messages. And the teacher is like, you were stoned with your buddies and you did a last-minute project, including a song that only five people in the world know. So you think you're cool. I bet That's what that felt like. I bet it was edited by uh, UCLA undergrads trying to get their final project credit absolutely this was an intern this was an intern it was cute i don't know it was fun it was a little it It was was three and a half minutes in 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 going with dragula's theme of we're gonna make this as long as we fucking possibly can before (laughs) we say hello it was you know i I guess i'm used to it i thought it was really cringy i thought it was like like the thing that they put out and like i'm a long time that was the most cringy. We we watched this together. Oh yeah, yeah. We watched yeah, this together right. at midnight. Oh yeah, we did. It took all of our energy for the two of us to stay up to midnight. <laughs> World. Now before we get uh further, how are the two of you doing now that you are officially roommates? Oh, it's been great. Yeah, no tears, no fights. Well, not because we're roommates. <laughs> and they were uh-huh, uh, okay. What do you think, Sarah? <laughs> he has a really cute cat, so it's okay. There you go. <laughs> there we go. All right. It is in the boudoir time. After the Last Supper, the monsters enter with their work supplies. Saint is excited to be in the final four. She never felt she would be in the finals after going home second in season three. The book is not yet closed. Sigourney is pleased with herself, and Dolly confirms that. Take that, all you Sigourney haters. She believes she is the first person to be in the finals with as many exterminations. Is that true? Is that fact? I don't. I didn't look it up, but it doesn't. Definitely feels right. They they had her in there for like the last like what three or four episodes. Yeah, she did a lot. Um, but let's be real; those weren't exterminations. Those were like <laughs> do something. That's what was labeled as extermination. She did more than a photo shoot. That's true. She did more than a photo shoot. Um, she goes on to say that she can't stress about it, but. It's the Boulay show. It's their winner. It's like, yeah, conspiracy theories out there. Hoso says, Hoso says from day one, she came there with the top three very clearly, but she didn't know she'd be motivated to do more drag. Who would have thought? What a concept. (laughs) She believes each one deserves to be there and to win. They each represent a different group of people. Um, she just loves to go back on the things she says, doesn't she? I just think that she's under a lot of pressure and doesn't necessarily remember what she said. There you go. Didn't doesn't think what she says is going to make the edit. Um, Lo and behold, it all does. Will stubbornly deny that I said something I very damn well said. Uh, I love the energy from her. Yeah. <laughs> um. So how does it feel to have competed and then return to get and get this far? Saint is over the moon. This is redemption. She is overfilled with excitement. Dolly is at the point of overstimulated. The people who return to these kinds of shows never make it this far. They reveal that they have been through a lot of shit in their life. And at some point at a young age, they decided it wasn't them against the world. Uh, decided it was them against the world and didn't believe anything good deserved to happen to them. And now this has happened. It's a weird feeling. They are screaming on the inside. She was given two chances and she failed them both, but now they're here. They start to cry and Hosta calls them the crybaby of the season. Is that fair? There's other crybabies. 
Um, I think they're all all the other ones were busy yelling. That's crying. true. I mean, Jade did her fair share of crying. Well, I would too if I was Jade. <laughs> Sigourney says she doesn't know how they're going to get rid of one of the, how they were going to get rid of one of them to leave, but it sucks to suck. Now they have to pick one of them to win. Hoso drops oh, in. That's just that, like the name of the game. Like, right. obviously, it's the last episode. I didn't know what I was signing up for. <laughs> She's like, wait, they're picking one of us? Oh, I, I just got end? Oh. Hoso drops in with that stupid drag is art. Art is subjective. We're not judging you on your drag, but all last, that's all they did all this season. And Sigourney is fine with whoever wins. Is they will do a good job and they deserve it. And Hoso, who speaks for all of them, I mean, speaks for Sigourney. Um, they did what they did. They're there. They all deserve it. Is the alarm blares. Okay. I was not mad of this combination of like if there's gonna be a top four. Wasn't that oh yeah. The alarm blares one last time to get their asses to the main stage. Um, I'm sad we didn't get that last time for me to bitch about um them not moving when they're in partial drag and they're like floor shows to begin. Didn't get it this time. We're done. Maybe it's that, maybe uh, done forever. Oh, you're ta- oh, when they're like getting ready for a floor show. I um my only thing about this whole, like, if they're going to film all the challenge intros in one sitting, can they just, what, what are, whatever they're putting the little, like, iPad on that they're reading off of, they can just, like, put it two to three feet higher. I would really, really love that. They just, like, put it camera height. That would honestly be revolutionary. I think they, like, thought their contacts would, like, say no, that. No, nope, not at all. Oh, well, big boulet. You're much further away from the paper. I feel like one of them is like leaning forward and going like that, like tilting their head down. Big and small, Bob and Bill Boulay, they're back with their message to the finalists. They have all fought well in their battle for their crown. No matter what happens next, they are proud and they are proud to let them into their army of monsters. For the final challenge, they will be conceptualizing three looks and floor shows based on the three tenets of Dragula, filth, horror, and glamour. They are to use every resource and skill available to them. Does that mean interns and PAs? Better. They're there, aren't they? I feel so bad for the people that had to work with Hoso, apparently. <laughs> right? right. They say they don't just want incredible costumes. They want each look to reflect who they are as a drag icon. They want to see a bit of them in everything they do. That being said, they can't just win by looks alone. So for the floor show for the glamour look they will need to design and choreograph a lip sync to a performance of change the paradigm by austra are you familiar with that song i am now it's the top pop of the 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 year yeah totally (laughs) while look is important their ability to perform in front of a live audience may be more important and will factor into their final decision they will be joining them for a live recording of their hit podcast, The Boulay Brothers, Creatures of the Night. So basically that Rue and Michelle have closed up shop on their podcast. Bob and Bill are taking over saying, we're going to do it. I think that was a smart move on their part. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Especially if you like already have the production team for like a TV show ready to go. Like You can just grab a couple of people you know that you work well with. And... I mean, what's the T on what's the T? Where'd it go? R.I.P. They are all super giddy and excited. And um, I have to believe that when I 
message someone about guesting on my glam nominated hit podcast blog talk that's how someone reacts when they are invited to do my podcast right absolutely every single time in fact oh my god i'm gonna have to ask people to start filming it so i can like make a montage listen to be fair there are probably like three or four people who when i did message them they actually were excited um but it's okay yeah we're right here yeah right you two get a pass we're two oh. of the three people that you mentioned. <laughs> so following the floor show and interview, one of them will become the world's next drag super monster and a crown will prove it. And they get money too. Lots of money. Courtesy of them. Courtesy of us. Mm-hmm. They now anoint the blessing of filth, the freedom of drag, the power of glamour, and the terror of horror in preparing for these blessing last looks. Good fortunes in your final tournament, uglies. All right. We're going to move over to the Boulay Brothers Creature of the Night podcast recording. I wish I had a fancy mic set up for all my guests, but alas, I am not that rich yet. When that comes, I will be sending all my permanent guests like their own microphone and their own setup, and Block Talk's going to take off. But until then, this is what I'm we got. I'm excited for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Swan Thula and Jack Mortar are on the mic talking like podcasters, uh, making small talk as they get ready to interview the top four with hard-hitting questions. They are also joined by their co-host and supervising producer. Um, Ian is um, very attractive. And why don't I have one? Because he's in LA and you're in New York. Yeah. So where can I find my New York version? Oh, Grinder, the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like, is that require? Is that why I'm not as successful as Creatures of the Night? Because I don't have like a a, a hot. Um, producer slash intern to like just be there and, and, and i've been yes. your hot co-host for the last month and a half so you mean you've been my co-host for the last month and a half <laughs> kidding kidding i still need to have you later on tonight i was like mm. <laughs> <laughs> um listeners if you know anyone who can just sit there look pretty and make sure i sound okay send them my way 2022 we're doing things differently on the podcast <laughs> All right, so they're going to take the queens, the okay. monsters, one by one, and we're going to start off with Saint. Saint is introduced, and um, I don't want to hear any fucking shade at Drac for completely reading the intro and looking down. That's me, fully. You all witnessed me doing this as I record the podcast, so trust me, it's hard to memorize shit. On a podcast, it's one thing. On a we're going to record the intro of every single challenge for the entire season right here and right now. That's another. Yeah, it was, I was like, that is me. I feel very seen in this moment. Uh, again, one day I'll have a better setup where I can just have the script right there and it's all going to be good. But Saint will say hello in that butch voice. And um, I'm still sad that character was cut from the acting challenge. Oh, hello. Funny. Yeah, I was confused. The acting challenge, like, could have been funny. I don't. It could have been turned the acting challenge into a permanent memory. Yeah, (laughs) maybe I was. Yeah, does does (laughs) does Saint just like competition or what? It's her third time, and it feels nuts. Going home early means you sit around figuring out what your next move is. She felt defeated and stuck in the place she was in, but only for a little bit. She had a platform behind her, grew, and perfected what she did. Resurrection was the validation she needed, and now she's 100%. She is not Saint 2.0, but Saint Perfected. 
I thought that was a really cool thing to say. Yeah. Um, that was good acknowledgement. I think I'm very like glad that she was able to take like her win with resurrection and just kind of carry that energy through and not have to like be part of any of the drama. Like, very yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, he represent- I, yeah, go ahead. I wish he, like played for TV more. Yeah. Like I wish he acted up a little bit. Like I want to see like something more entertaining. I agree. Well, she represents all Black queer people as people who saw themselves in her. Coming into the competition this time, it was pressure because if she is going to be their champion, she needs to be the best. She says she should win because she knew Dragula is her. She is an outcast. She's all of the freaks. She is what Dragula represents. If she wins, she would use the money to find a place to settle down, get a couple of drag children for future seasons. The question is, who's going to get her pregnant to have drag children? She won't reveal it. Is she paying these drag children? Is she giving them money? I'll be her drag daughter if she wants. DM <laughs> yeah, her. Go find out. I, I have to message her anyway, see if she'll come on the podcast. Um, uh, she looks at my story all the time. Dragon. so I, I would love to have her. So well, we'll see what I can do. <clears throat> so we're going to find a little bit of what she is creating. Her horror look is inspired by the childhood she didn't have. So she is doing the Tooth Fairy. She always found it weird and bizarre that there was this fairy that collected teeth. She's going to craft her things out of junk so the wings are made with just hangers and saran wrap. Um, were either of you terrified of the tooth fairy as a child? I wasn't terrified, but I feel like I don't really remember. I didn't start losing my teeth until I was like in... I was already like... <laughs> I was already in like third or fourth grade so i had like oh no and whatnot and was like very aware of things so my mom just kind of like I, I mean they did the whole tooth fairy thing but i don't remember it being percy alley didn't come visit you percy alley do you not remember that movie where she played the tooth fairy for on, on like an abc uh sunday night movie don't make me look what's abc I'm far too old to understand these references. Too old, too young. Um, ABC, like the American Broadcasting Company. Oh, like the Disney people? Yeah. I don't know. Was okay, she... okay. I thought Dwayne The Rock Johnson was the Tooth Fairy. It was called Toothless. Toothless? Yeah, yeah. This I'm looking at a picture and it's not ringing anymore. Like else. the dragon? <laughs> okay, no, so... Sorry to make you watch we're gonna do one of those <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> all right for glamour it's uh lip sync and she has been criticized about her performance she says outside of dragula she the things she performs are more ethereal and slower in terms of movement but she did too much of that but she will turn it out because she needs a crown and a hundred thousand dollars next up is sigourney beaver she's introduced as a high femme afap performer which the competition scene hasn't really seen before so what would it mean if she wins? She says it's hard to say as she is one person from a community and they did not vote for her to be the face or represent it. She thinks being here will change things outside of it and make sense of the lack of bookings and how shows are cast. Who do they vote for? Um, that felt like it was coming from like a very specific place. I very much was like, all right, who back home is like talking shit about Sigourney that she was on national right. TV? Like no one voted for me. I'm just here. Don't put those words in my mouth. <laughs> Honestly, I I would not be surprised if it was some cut moment that like something that maybe like Betty said out of like anger at some point during the season. R.I.P. Betty. 
Um, the top four is non-traditional and the world of drag is more than what it is believed. Sigourney says that she's proud to have spotlight shined on it and is glad to be in a diverse top four as this is the type of drag that Dragula wants to show. She thinks she should win because she brings a little more to the table. She brings experience. She hopes it can bring a lot of types of drag together that usually don't get along. She's very hung up on this experience thing. Yeah. Yeah. She said, uh, I've done my time. She is like, if you've done drag in just your bedroom, you are not allowed to be on TV. I mean, they only let formaldehyde on for one week. <laughs> That's true. Because, that, listen, whatever we saw from that audition tape, she really fooled everybody. Well, Dali didn't even meet formaldehyde until the reunion. I know, and that's so funny. <laughs> Dali's probably like, who the hell is that? that? <laughs> formaldehyde's like, you? <laughs> oh, don't worry. We are going to discuss that because Feelings, thoughts. Um, so Ian's going to tell her that she is tripped up on filth and horror. What is her game plan? She says she is confident because she is still bringing a glamour aspect to it. She's going to do it in a way they want, but still be her. AKA, I don't know what I'm going to do because I've already made my looks. You tell me what I should do. Um, I think like it was a weird response to like, oh, you, we haven't seen you, like, do a lot of filth and horror. How are you going to, like, do that? And she said, well, I'm going to make them glamorous. Right. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not that. That's not what they, I don't think that's what they wanted. No, <laughs> it's just much of like, oh, no. <laughs> so she says her filth is inspired by oil and bubonic plague. She will do prosthetic zits and boils, and she will be popping and snacking. Popping and locking. Dropping. Yeah. For horror, she's been into mad sciences, so she is recreating a lab coat gown with vinyl gloves. It's a science, so the hair is up and out of her face. That's all we're gonna get from the teaser. At that point, I was like, okay, I'm I'm intrigued. I was excited. Mistakes were made by all of us. (laughs) All right, Dolly, they go all the way back to season two, where in a span of a few hours. They almost self-exterminated. They say their head and body disconnected and their body wanted to stay, but their head was like, you gotta go, girl. Get out before it's too late. They held themselves accountable and it wasn't, they went on to resurrection and it still went beyond that. They said after Saint One, they ran into their room bawling, but their roommates were screaming in the other room that Dolly came back. Come on, twist. Now let's, let's hit back in time. Did you continue through the credits or did you have to wait for spoilers to find out that Dolly lived? I feel like you texted me being like, oh, the end. And I was like, and I had not watched all the way. And then gotcha. Watched. I like, I found out the next day because I was like bitching about it on Twitter and somebody was like, bitch, watch after the credits. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what? What, what? What if there was after credit scenes on Drag Race? I don't know. It's just like what a shot. Like, a shot of the fracking ranch. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Season. The MCU has really changed the game when it comes to post-credit scenes. I want to see what a drag race post-credit scene is going to be. Maybe that's where I'm um, free to cut wins. Uh don't bring this. Don't don't bring her into this. Don't get me started. I hate this. We're going to another half hour of this podcast. <laughs> We're talking about another country's drag race. It's true. 
So to people watching who see drag a certain way, Dolly says who you are and who made you the dictator of what art is. Was I not voted that? Am I not the dictator of art? I'm sorry, this is how you have to find out. Damn it. Okay, fine. There are they there are no rules when it comes to being putting the character you want to put on stage. Their character is non-sexual, but they have learned that it gets sexualized all the time. I mean like all the time. They say their character is non-sexual, but I feel like the choices they make and how they present their drag is kind of like two plus two equals four. Yeah. It's not in a Sigourney way where it's like full on like this is what yeah. sex is. It's still sexual. I mean, as we learned, there are people who really like fucking clowns. They're into some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you put out there. Someone's going to be chasing it. It's true. For filth, their goal is to make the viewer feel filthy. Being entertained by it will make you feel filthy. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, but we'll get to it. For glamour, that makes me feel <laughs> For glamour, they will be pulling from clean and celebrating life. They will use a shade of red for their gown. Will it will be the same red as the retroviral they take for their HIV? They need people to see that taking a pill every day is like a vitamin. They live a healthy life. They are a big ray of sunshine. And I was like, that's it. That's all you're going to talk about. You're not going to like go a little further and like use your platform for awareness. Well, they knew that. Maybe she said that. They just knew that they were going to crown and she was going to do it anyway. So they were like, all right, we're going to put this in the show. <laughs> That's fair. And finally, Hoso has been a fan of the show and it's been a full circle moment. The moment they say Zochi's witch look, that was when they wanted to be on the show and make her drawings come to life. Do you remember Zochi's witch look? No. Same. <laughs> the discussion turns to her battle with cancer. She says she's been an immune compromised person when the doctor said to her face that you have stage three into stage four cancer, she said she will power through it and do whatever it takes to get better and do drag again. Season three of Dragula got her through chemo. If you were in that position, is drag what would get you through the situation? I don't know that I would like be doing drag. I can't imagine I would want to do drag. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy for me personally. <laughs> How many hours are you at? Um, that's a need to know thing. Rules <laughs> in the podcast that don't need to know. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> they make reference to their culture in the drag, and Hoso is glad to represent it, and she hopes that it inspires international and Asian ghouls to audition for the show, which you know is bound to happen next season. You know, there's going to be more international artists on Dragula. U.S. versus the world. Uh, Get it now before you, drag, drag Race takes it. <laughs> For her horror look, she planned the minute she finished chemotherapy. She will have tumors and faces coming out of her. The gown will be a pageant gown silhouette made of hospital gowns. And we'll discuss that comment later. But her performance will be her reading her cancer diary. It will be a healing ritual. For filth, she will be representing how Asian folk feel when they are met with a Western gaze. They were faced with hate face-to-face. -face. The garment will be a racist comic character and will display how ugly racism can be. The Boulets say they think they have four Titans battling it out and they are glad to have caught up 
with their counterparts and they closed their computers and was like, oh, okay, so you're playing the, the podcast game here. You're, you're trying to wrap up your podcast, not like you haven't seen each other for the past four months. Okay, cool. Yeah. What did you think of this? I'm used to it from Drag Race. I think it's a natural way to learn about the finalists, but I think what worked for me is this was a better way to see their work in like montage form as opposed to like, you know, those awkward questions when they're in the boudoir working and you're like, okay, can you stop and pretend to do something and answer yeah. this what you're doing? Did you like this format a little better? Uh, yeah, I mean, it felt a little more natural to me than like, I don't like, I feel like when they're trying too hard to be natural instead of just being like an interview type of situation where they're like, okay, now just like casually be dusting, but then like talk about your dead grandma, like, like that just feels a lot more like hokey and like forced. So yeah, I feel like this felt more. Yeah. I think that, and plus that just kind of like makes sense in the sense like you've got to wrap up things anyways. And that's right. really like what an interview is meant to do, like wrap up everything that's been happening. So just the most, makes a lot more sense than the like shittily produced. Okay. Well, with those interviews alone, did anyone stand out as the one who got the most "quote unquote" winning edit? Not that I remember, like from when we watched it. I don't remember like coming out of that and being like, "Oh, I remember me like as someone who wanted Sigourney to win." I kind of came out of it and I was like, mm -hmm. okay. "Yeah, I, I fully agree." I think Hoso and Dolly were up there. Saint was kind of there because she was, and they like her. But it was when they get personal, that's when you're like, okay, those are the ones you need to keep an eye on. Sigourney said nothing of importance in hers. Um, she was like, I am here because of who I am, and you can't blame my work on me. Uh, the Blues put me here, so take yeah. me or leave me. That's true. We're going to jump straight to the main stage because we got our final floor show and lots to look at. Um, after Drac and Swan do their presentations with the lights, we see them in some really cool latex and black looks with those killer stone headpieces and sickening ponytails. I liked them. They remind us they have three final performances based on the tenets of Dragula, Filth, Glamour, and Horror. They will be judged on their execution and craftsmanship of the look and the competitor's ability to present their looks in an incredible floor show. They will receive $100,000, a deluxe crown and scepter from Fierce Drag Jewels, and the title of Dragula. Do you think RuPaul went to Fear Strag Jewels and said, no, non-compete. You only work with us. I don't know that RuPaul's ever been involved with decisions like that since like 2000, maybe <laughs> the beginning of Obama's second term. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, wow, for a show like that really wants to shade Drag Race, they're doing it. by taking their uh, jewel uh, supplier. Didn't they, didn't they make Landon's crown too? Maybe. That's possible. I mean, I'm now, I, I'm thinking about doing an interview with Astrolab. Should uh, I do it? Uh, they are not the crown supplier for Italia, though. <laughs> they were not the crown supplier for Drag Race Italia. And I learned that the hard way. I apologize. Um, still, I'm not wrong. Farida Kant should be wearing an Astrolab crown, but maybe not the one from Drag Race. It's not going to be for Drag Race Italia. No, no, no. All right, well, we're going to add our critiques into each look, and I will include the judges' opinions on the specific looks when we discuss each. Also, um, I wish they would have given the critiques to their faces. Um, they, did, they did a lot of that, like, this season, where they were, like, 
just talk. And then like, I'd be like, why are you not saying this to the people that you're talking about? Like give this, yeah. give this critique to them. Like, okay. why couldn't they not have shown us what they said? Or do they not give them any critiques? And they were like, we'll find out when the episode airs what they actually thought of us. Uh, they just wanted it to be a real surprise. All right. We're going to keep it simple. We are going to just play our standard spook or boo. And we are going to start off with glamour. First off is Dolly. Look by Geo Johnson. Jewels by Richard Van Stone. Top hat by Douglas Miles. I think this is a stunning look, really captures gender bending in a wonderful image. Mermaid tail paired with the masculine jacket and top hat really brought Dolly into a whole new light. I think the red and black of the garment was right and the signature white Dolly face gave the look the complete idea of what Dolly can be when simply doing glamour. Also the jewels. Oh, those are fierce drag jewels, Henny. Um, but maybe not from Fierce Direct Tools, but they were gorgeous. <laughs> that being said, they were a bit constricted in movement, but she had so much regality and emotion in their face and arms that it made up for it. This is why you enunciate your words on stage so you can really emote. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the, I... Well, I was gonna say, when we got to the instrumental and we saw Dolly take the pill with the wine, it was an important moment for their narrative. If we didn't know the reference from the podcast portion, would it have made full sense? Probably not. Gar. All right, Scout, you you have a thought on Dolly. What did you what did you think, think about this look? I think that I like the silhouette of this look, and I agreed that it kind of like restricted her movement, which was a. I mean, it's like you're making that choice in your performance, right. but specifically because she's she knows to like put all that energy in her face. Um, it came off as especially with a camera like all the cameras right there and moving around and everything it she was able to get like they were able to get a really good edit of her out of it might not have been as electric like right then and there for like watching all however long this song is but it like was really good for tv and she looked really good Erin, what did you think yeah i thought she looked good i um you want it in white yeah, I want it in white. Nar. I don't think so. I like. I don't like love it. I don't know. So I like it. When? Yeah, fair. I don't love top hats. <laughs> Only uh, bottom hats. Yeah, please. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It's it's a good book. I. It's not. It doesn't excite me as much as I wish it did. That's fair. Swan, Swan says that everything about Dolly screamed glamour. There was an underlying androgyny. Drax says the look was meticulous with the fabric and the jewel details. As far as lip sync, they nailed it. She says they are a natural born performer. I'll give it a spook. Yeah, totally. Audience, 91% spook, 9% boom. Next up, we have Hoso. Look by Hoso and Ken Cake. In terms of wow factor, she did not have it here, but when it came to a polished look, this was it. And we have not seen that from Hoso all season. Love the red and black silk and how it interacted on her body. She gave you that Hoso face that was exaggerated, but not too much. And this was a very strong, soft beat for Hoso. Um, okay. The hair was perfectly styled. It's the most feminine she's brought all season. And I really think Hoso is a shapeshifter. Yeah, Seraphim, think... what did you think? Oh, wow. <laughs> We're alternating. Come on. I was just going to talk. This is like one of my favorite looks of hers of the whole season, I think. It's um, 
it's just so polished and well put together. Her face looks amazing, but still very like there's no oh. doubt that it's Hoso. Um, I think it's a really, really solid look. I think it's my favorite um glamour look of all three of them. Yeah. No, I think I agree. I think that I think particularly what it is is I think in this, I kind of expected the closer shot to be like much more of the typical like very, very, very dramatic Hoso makeup that's like taking up 80% of her face. And then when it was this kind of more like soft, subtle, like, but still very Hoso, it's like, oh, this is a winner. I love this. Yeah. Swan says Hoso gave a great lip sync. It was well-delivered, feminine, and in character. She says she showed them that she can paint soft and she was taken on a journey. She loves the braids that were woven around her head as it was sophisticated. Drax says the fabrics were rich and saturated and how they were overlaid, it was fashionable. It's a spook for me. Same. Oh, wait, no. So, okay, one, it's a spook for me also. But two, so now she understands what glamour is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, where, but like... How can you defend the first outfit so fiercely? And then <laughs> also, like that's like- the team. Well, the audience was 93% spook, 7% boo. Next up is Saint, hair by Marcos Wigs, look by Lauren J. I think on paper and in concept, Saint is dazzling. The sequin black and red gown is a great idea. The jewels on her face added something extra. The hair is flawless. It is the cut of this gown and those mumu cape arms that ruin the illusion. We are used to seeing Saint be sexy in that silhouette, but this is anything but sexy. It feels like it just didn't fit right. I hope it was just a reference I was missing. Scout? Yeah, I think I really love the detailing and like like everything, the way that it falls below her knees is so gorgeous and the bit around her neck is gorgeous and everything, but I agree that the middle, like, silhouette or kind of like lack thereof I wish it was just a little bit more defined it just feels a little bit like there is fabric there and it is gorgeous gorgeous fabric don't get me wrong um but I think like that middle part I did want it just feels like it should have been on a bigger queen maybe it was Mary's (laughs) maybe Seraphim what'd you think yeah I like wanted to like it more than I did I I felt the arms when she like raised them were like a weird shape it just wasn't super flattering like a flying squirrel I didn't love it but the hair was gorgeous though the hair was stunning yeah if it was like just like a a portrait (laughs) shot of like her shoulders up like I'd be like yes but it's correct Drax says she was happy that Saint killed the lip sync she says she knows how to beat her face um swan says the hair was the moment and deadly gorgeous she says the shape was a misfire and they lost her shape for me sadly because it's the finale i gotta be fair and honest it's a boo that's it's a spook for me i like it i just i just think that i would have styled it differently but it is very gorgeous i'll boo it i don't care Audience, 60% spook, 40% boo. And finally, in this round, we have Sigourney. No designers listed. I just don't know how to defend her here. This is an incredibly basic sequin gown, and she has blood all over it. That's it. That's all she's giving. Her face is dragulate in the sense that she has contacts in. Her hair is stunning and styled perfectly. Also, did she not get the red and black memo? Because she's the only one who didn't do it. For me, though, at this stage in the game, the category is a chance for the others to take over and Sigourney to stand her ground in her placement. This was a disappointment. 
I know she can do better because we have already seen it. Seraphim, help me out here. Yeah, no, I, I remember being so excited for this. And then she walked out. And how are you going to be like the glamour queen of this season? Like, I'm like, did you already like use the one, the garment that you were Literally, that's what I was going to say is like, maybe she used it already. And this was what all that she had left. Like we yeah. definitely see that happen on Drag Race before. And it's um, glamour, but it's just, it fits. It's fits the, the the theme, but it's not great. Yeah. yeah. I can see how from like an individual drag per like as her own person or whatever, she could see like, oh, finale, like glamour. I'm gonna give this just like very classic like silhouette that's just like it is very obvious that I'm like blood splatter or whatever and think in her mind that it's going to be like so elegant and like elevated that it will pass very well but when all of her looks all season have just been like so over the top glamorous to then go and be like oh I'm going to give you the most like simple take on glamour that I possibly can is like oh you could just if you could do that episode one that'd be great and then if we could like finish at the high note but I was very I was excited for this very much Friends, if you life. are going to be on one of these shows, you better got better have a team around you. Let them see what you're doing. Let them be honest with you. Let them see your full package so you can be told it's repetitive. They don't have to ask to see my full package. Ah! It's just right there in my tights, mashed up. <laughs> there it I is. Love this hair again with the like outfit being like yeah, I do love the hair on this. That's true. Drax says her lip sync was flawless. She says that glamour is her thing, and she thought she would drive on the stage on a Mack truck full of jewels with an explosion of glamour. Ah, Exactly. Swan says her skin was porcelain, and she had bling, but she expected so much more. She set the glamour bar so high for herself, and she fell a little bit short. It's a boo. I have to. There's no other choice here. I would say no other choice, but I agree with you, I guess. Yeah. The good. audience gave her a little more leniency here. 57% spook, 43% boo. Who was... It's just boring. How, who is your winner from round one? Uh, Hosa for me. I think in the moment, I remember being like Dolly's was the one that stood out. Dolly's my winner here. Let's move on to horror. Dolly, we'll go first. No designers listed. This is like creepy, sexy priest monster from a future horror franchise. The garment is immaculate. The hat is right. Um, what Dolly does is tell a story. I don't know what the story was, but I came up with my own version. It's like zombie priests coming to get the men who they didn't get as boys. Um, no matter what, I think this strikes fear. The way they covered their body from the tattoos really added this really cool element that made you feel as maybe you were kind of like seeing through their skin. Also, this is one of those rare cases you don't need to wear shoes on stage. Let me reiterate, this is a rare case. Is that for Mary or? And someone else coming up, maybe. Me? I don't wear shoes. No, someone else didn't wear shoes later on. Or, oh, well. <laughs> um, I thought it was definitely like horror. I think I saw a tweet one time that was like, Oh, yes, like, 
you can't think of what your like horror villain should be just make it a white man that's not quite right (laughs) (laughs) i was like there it is that's That's, so funny yeah yeah, that is what i'm looking at (laughs) like donnie came out and i was like this is it i'm I'm kind of spooked (laughs) yeah yeah seraphim what'd you think um i'm gonna read it because it's very much it's giving me like the same kind of like feeling as Sigourney's like gray pixie look thing that she did I don't even remember what it was but it was like her like attempt to like filter horror and they were like it's that but it's just really boring right and even like that energy to me because I'm like by the end they're literally just wearing like a dirty cloth (laughs) right like and I'm like and that's your entire outfit well, Drax says they had a great silhouette and the gnawing of the jaw was pretty horrifying. She wished it went further and felt like it was a little PG-13. Swan liked the performance, especially when they can commit and comment on the church, who is not untouchable. She says they created a decrepit, decaying, sunken creature, which some people might see a bishop as. Uh-huh. All right, I'll give it a spook. A very safe spook. Not the yeah. best, not the worst, but it's a spook. It's a boo for me. Audience, 87% spook, 13% boo. I'm the 13%. <laughs> All right, Saint. Hair, styled by vodka. Look by Vu St- Stuart B- Baxter. Corset and tool belt by Io Cosme. It's spooky to fairy realness. There were elements she got right and some that she just missed the mark on. To start, it is a shame that we've seen others do teeth prosthetics this season alone, as this wasn't the strongest. But for this look, it was terrifying. I also just have a teeth thing, like it is a phobia, and it got me real good. I think the hair was magical and fun. The crap wings were actually crafted well for a horror character. And my problem, though, is if you're doing a tooth fairy, lean into it. They've been characterized like as a tooth fairy with a poofy tutu. Do that. Rip it and burn the fuck out of it. But without like a bottom piece, the look just felt incomplete. There was still a way you could have shown off those great legs. Just give me an extra piece. Give me a skirt or something. Seraphim, what did you think? Um, no, I agree with what you're saying. Like, like it's a cool face shot. I don't think it's as believable of, as of like teeth prosthetics as um, Dolly's was. Right. But um, it's like fine. Like it's like from here up is like pretty good. And then just the rest is just like very boring. It's just like a small dress, maybe some shitty wings. But I'm, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It, it feels very like half finished, kind of like bedroom drag. I agree. Like it's good from here up, but like don't zoom out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my I think my biggest complaint about it is that like there's just so much like work that went into the detailing of like these mouth like this mouthpiece and like everything that's hanging off of it and like her hair like I love the hair on this but then like it's literally just like white like chiffon fabric that has been distressed a little bit and I'm like it it feels like it it does a disservice to her like vision and like how good a drag I know she can be. I'm just kind of like, yeah, there's a little more of this. 
Drax says it was successful and loved the wings and the teeth. It was creepy, disgusting, and scary and thought she did a good job. Swan says it was a quintessential childhood nightmare personified. The hair was brilliant and detailed. There was great detail. I will say the top up is a spook. Everything else, not so much. I, I, want, a, I want a redo on this look. I mean, she doesn't have $100,000 to re-up this no, she with, but, <laughs> um, I, I'll give it a spook. I do think it is like something that if uh, if you were to put in front of like that look in front of a child, the child would be like scared. Absolutely. Like, I also want those shoes. They look real comfortable. Yeah. Ask her for them. Uh, they do look comfortable. I'm so sure. comfortable. Seraphim? I'm gonna boo it. Wow, I know. The audience, eighty-five percent spook, fifteen percent boo. Am I just too nice? I'm just so grumpy. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Next up, we got Sigourney. No designers listed. I think a neon horror mad science scientist could have been brilliant. She's giving you glam, and it could have terrified you in the same way a Patrick Bateman in American Psycho does. A character who is so clean and polished and perfect, but it's the act that can they commit that makes you scared and scares the shit out of you. It was the performance that never truly reached the mark for me. Instead, this was just like a cool professor trying to get their kids to pay attention and made an oopsie while with the beakers and, and drank some fluids. Um, the lab coat gown was beautiful. The hair is extreme and I'm living for the color. The glasses were cool. The look is fine. It was the presentation. It was limiting. And sure, pulling off skin, like it's fine, but it didn't reveal into anything gross. She literally just wiped fake blood on her face there was not it wasn't horrifying with the whole uh like skin bit she should have asked Sava to leave her baloney monster ah, she should have revealed to that imagine if right, she like, white coat off and had Zava's <laughs> like this, this is this is one of those times <laughs> this is one of those times where you call in a, a favor from someone you know who does special effects and 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 you ask them how do you do a under layer it just yeah. didn't work because literally you watched her white blood in her face and boom there it is no and i was like is she just like peeling off her makeup <laughs> right sarah from what did you think this connects further like into her next look too but she did this and then for her like filth look i was kind of like you're doing it again correct i was just it's just there was a lot of ways she could have gone with this that uh her it goes back to what i said about let your team see your looks and in your gimmicks and everything because someone should have been able to see this as a problem yeah swan Swan thinks it was her strongest of the night. She loved the mad scientist trope and showed her off in all the best ways. She showed comedy and her ability to slow down. Drac loved the reveal and the transformation was pull- with pulling the skin off with a horrific reaction. It's a boo. I, I, I have to, I can't, I have, it's a boo. I'm going to boo it. I was disappointed by this look. And I think that it's a, like, if I saw someone at, a, at the bar in this look, I would be gagged and I would be obsessed yeah. with them like literally be like this is this looks so good i love you in this but if they were like oh i'm going from here to walk the horror runway of the dragula finale i'd be like no yeah yeah seraphim oh and like when you zoom like off you can see she's zooming in on the blood streets and it's just a little on the lace like you can see exactly where the lace is 
It's just, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a shoot. She's clearly me. about to shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not in the kind of way. <laughs> the audience, 45% spook, 55% boom. Finally, from this round, we have Hoso, look and headpiece by Hoso. For me, this was a powerful moment. She painted on a face of sadness and defeat and then attached more crazy faces onto her head with a wig that was decaying and crunchy. The horror of cancer was personified. Me being hypercritical, I have to say this was another moment of attention to detail. The cancer diary for me was too clean and pristine and felt very last minute. Either go tattered over time or go as a blinding beacon of light that gets destroyed for the performance. For the first time, I felt like I knew Hoso through her performance. She was giving us an experience she had and it was heartbreaking. Uh oh. Uh oh, I just saw some pieces. A blinding beacon of light. I'm. So, you know, I don't want a story. Give me the story. Mama style, shoot the lights out behind her. Like Like. I'm saying the personification of what the cancer diary is. Oh, lit it on fire. Not sure how her cancer was. I think I will say when she said that in the like podcast part of it. I was like my brain I was very like almost like I should get ready to like are they gonna edit bits of it in because if they do I'm gonna cry like there's no way so I want to know like it may I want to know like what the experience was in the room with it like because I feel like in that moment you're probably not paying any sort of attention to like what the actual diary looks like you're just trying not to ruin your makeup from the emotion you know fair I thought it was fine. Um, I thought it was a really cool prosthetic. I wish it was something that like we hadn't seen before. Um, I, I, I did think it was powerful. I guess it, I, I, she could have amped it up. Um, I, Next drag yes finale, I want like, I, I appreciate the $100,000 from us, but like give them a little bit of it right before the finale, you know? That's her. <laughs> Drax says, Hoso has already done the multiple face thing. She said all the things she was doing on stage hit her in the heart. She was, but she says, was it a horror look? Swan says that she looks at performances like Hoso's as very personal. It was well done and it was a teratoma nightmare personified. Was it a horror look for her? She says the growth Growths could have been taken a bit further and the dress could have been a bit more fashionable because that was not a gown. But this was an intimate display of a terrifying moment in a person's life. It was so powerful. It is a spook for me. Oh, but fucking... Um, but fucking. But fucking... <laughs> but fucking. All these single tarp around his waist was a full gorgeous outfit. Uh, gorgeous, mm. gorgeous gowns. <laughs> No, said that she said on the podcast it is going to be a pageant gown. I was like, that's not a pageant gown silhouette at all. She said it was going to be a pageant gown silhouette. That was not a pageant gown silhouette. You know what pageant she's entering? Miss Cobalt <laughs> used to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. All right, where are you going? Spook or boo? It's a spook. Yeah, it's a spook for me. The audience, 95% spook, 5% boom. And this round, who was your favorite? Obviously Sigourney. <laughs> um, I, I think Hoso. I think I Hoso really like 
that, that was the one of, in terms of like horror at least like personal horrors that I'm like yeah no that is like real that's yeah yeah I thought um, I'm not scared of science Hoso as well I thought she was actually truly the only one that was really I agree Hoso and finally we have filth spooker boo bitches we're gonna start with Saint uh, look by Luna Sky and Indie Skies hair by Atlas portrait by IO Costume um, as far as filth, she was going for shock value, a la bitch pudding. And to be fair, I think she got there. But first, let's talk about the look. She has nailed the sickening housewife, the 50s updo with the pink dress. Perfect. She's added this kind of new element with the latex white gloves that had the concept of vintage, but the execution of modern with its length and the corset piece that kind of looked like an apron. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. The filth was in a performance where she is literally eating cat shit from the litter box gross no ma'am scout if you tell me you do that you're off the podcast i tell you um, i do that why, are you why would you do that i do <laughs> i don't know oh. um i think in terms of storytelling maybe one more housewife beat before the uh the cat shit would have completed the storytelling but before the cat shit. like one one more one more nice thing and wham bam thank you ma'am overall her best of the night seraphim what did you think um i one thing that really like i don't know i was like for filth it was very like okay she's eating like fake cat poop like like bitch pudding like actually like mopped i was i was literally gonna say when we watched this as the filth category started seraphim was like how do you go into this knowing that bitch pudding literally drank mop water (laughs) (laughs) she said that as this category started and i was like that's very fair i'm like you're i know that's not what she's like really like she's not literally eating shit on stage and so i'm like it kind of just takes me out of it that's Um, fair that's fair uh also the the apron at the little um club symbol annoys me (laughs) because i'm like it's clearly like not part of this but (laughs) had this (laughs) from i'm assuming she got it from artifice clothing because they have um like a whole like uh vinyl alice in wonderland get up that's like sexy like that um i'm pretty sure that's where she got it but it just really like pulls me out of the the thing i just wish she like covered it up somehow like put like a fake patch over it we have the, the goddamn Nancy Drew Dracula looks over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, just, just wait, just wait. I'm gonna be Nancy Drew in someone's look on Drag Race season 14. <laughs> I, just, I fully just assumed. Come on, she- Maddie Morphosis, you're getting added. I'm out on you, bitch. <laughs> I just thought she made a weird choice to put. She's like, oh, housewives play cards. You're like using your big brain over here. Like, oh, she had the drag already and didn't want to order a new one. Uh-huh. Holy fuck. Oh, I promise Dra- I do drag. Drag says her filth look was more glamorous than her glamour look. The wig was beautiful and she was snatched in. Swan says it was conservative and dainty. She was aware of her performance and was in her body. Now that she's got a little, she wants it all. I'll give it a spook. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I got a spook. No, I'm not. It's a boo. It's not filthy at all. It's she's eating chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and she stays like perfectly clean the whole time. That white vinyl is is she did not even have to spot clean it after the filth per- runway. Yeah, I it's a it's a nar for me. It's a nar. <laughs> all right, audience, 56% spook, 44% boo. Next up, Sigourney Beaver, no designers listed because she just did not give credit to anybody. Um, maybe, she, maybe give yourself credit then. 
Let me shout you out. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's born with it. I I'm looking for. My SAT training is failing me. Well, she is giving you classic Hollywood in look. I adore the yellow robe with the feathers. The hair is pinup starlet. Again, let's take it further. Go deeper into filth, maybe through plastic surgery or the idea of fixing the imperfections. Popping and eating zits was like what high school kids do. Like, what what are we doing? I, I think in an overall look arc with two looks focusing on facial wow. gimmicks, it really made it feel repetitive at this point. Just, just didn't work. It. I would have been sold on it had she not just done. Right. A weird, like, skin peely thing. Yeah. I, I, like, this, I would have been like, yes, filth. Okay. I, I wish they oily. switched the order. They felt like. I just wish them. she hadn't made to. The I think they did. I think they did it for um, narrative purposes. Because if you rem- remember when they talk about them individually um, in terms of the looks, the horror and filth are switched. So I mm-hmm. think they did it so Dolly would have the last look of the night. Uh, that's fair. Um, she looks very glamorous. Why? Yeah. Is, why is this? I. She was right. I understand where she was with all the ideas for her looks. I just, I, I personally, and I think other people as well, were just kind of a little uh, underwhelmed by. I agree. Brought to the page. Drax says it was more glamorous than her glamour look. She said a good filth performance makes you almost want to throw up. And she almost did that, but the concept could have been executed better. Swan says she looks like a vision and she could hold her own and give it to the audience. With the anticipation. It's a boo though. I, I If we're looking at performance as well, it, you have to. Uh, if I booed saints i well um by transitive property <laughs> and boo this as well yeah it's it's a boo from boo. the okay. audience 65 percent spook 35 percent boom next sure? up is hoso no designers listed listen in the age of covid a look with a surgical mask is just traumatizing but let's all be honest before covid it was a mock stereotype of asian people who would wear the mask all the time and Look where we are now. The robe is perfectly Asian inspired with the design. The face is cartoon racism personified. There is a reason a lot of those characters are banned from being viewed today. Um, she's right. Racism is filthy and she hammered home the parts of the stereotypes that personify it, like writing Oriental across her chest, the poor dog. And she's shieldless here. Not sure if she's going to get the full pass, but I will grant it. It's like there's enough way else going on in this look enough for me to not yeah. even be concerned with the fact that she's not wearing shoes i think that yeah this is like i appreciate you know you can like take the idea of like one of these tenants and make people look at it from a different angle and yeah. then especially when they sell it as well like this is a good drag there from what you think yeah i thought it was honestly pretty solid like she has more quotes on than Dolly did. Almost <laughs> everyone has <laughs> more clothes on than Dolly did. Um, I wish the I wish the dog wasn't so fake looking. <laughs> I no. wish like they had bought like I don't know like when they typed into Amazon.com instead of just being like stuffed animal dog and they had typed like realistic looking stuffed animal dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Just a, just a small thing that kind of took me out of it. But other than that, 
I really liked it. Swan says that when an artist tells a story like that, you feel it. Drax says it was shocking and disturbing and hard to watch and sad. It was queer performance art. People like to be politically correct, but a show like this says everything you could say to someone about how offensive something is in one five-minute performance. Do they have five minutes they have to do that shit for? Dang. I, it, it, honestly, like five minutes of lip-syncing a song seems like it takes forever, but I bet in that moment, it probably is going by way too quickly and they just panicked about like everything they just did. And just being like, oh, I'm here. Where you going to go? This way, that way, forward, back. Okay, now flail way. around for right. 40 seconds. All right, right now reset, reset. We got to do it again. Get the camera in the other spot. Like, it's there's probably enough for going me. on that my my ADHD brain would be fully entertained. <laughs> Wouldn't be in the right spot. Yeah. It's a spook. Yeah. Oh, wait. The audience, 95% spook, 5% boom. Finally, we have Dolly. No designers listed. For me, this was a filth performance, and they could have literally worn any of their looks, and it wouldn't matter. It was about what happened behind the curtain. For me, that wasn't successful. I needed the look to make me feel something as well for her. The problem was Dali is the clown personified, and this easily could have been in their closet, repurposed. Not a bad thing, but not what I want to see from a winner. And back with the repetition. We had we not seen Dolly be shirtless as the priest, the bare chest gimmick would have landed here and it would have made more sense. I think what was filthy and terrifying was the jerking off leading to suicide, whether it's because of dirty thoughts or what, it was a hard image to watch. And also there was no trigger warning. Just just a thing to say. I think the campiness was present to lighten up the darkness, and had it not been, it would have just been really, really difficult performance. Seraphim. I feel like I always go first. Um, I thought it was good. I like, um, yeah, I like, I felt uncomfortable watching it, um, which I thought was leagues more successful than anybody else. Um, although Hoso definitely came in a strong second. But um, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid um, all around the whole like a whole little story i think like my personal thing particularly with like dragula versus other drag shows or drag competitions i watch is like i think in this realm of drag i'm like 90 percent of me is very much focused on the performance and like the energy that the person is giving and it's like i think it's like it's filthy in the sense of like when you watch it, you're very much just like, I don't want to know where Dolly's mind is, like, for her to, like, be able to sell this kind of thing. And it's like, I know that it's like a, it's like a performance that I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, like, watching it on TV. I'm sure that in a bar where Dolly could interact with people as part of this bit would be very uncomfortable. Absolutely. Like, filthy and disgusting, you know? So it's, I think I appreciated it. Um, I think the look itself is not filthy. No, it's just, just seen it a, before. Like a, a poor clown who hasn't like been able to wash their clothes in a while. However, if if if, 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 if they wore the sweet tooth look, it would have been the same thing. And that there was n- the look had no purpose. I think that says regard, something about it. In my eyes, it says something about it that the whole thing is still filthy, even though I'm like, you could have worn other things. Like it's like the performance was what sold it for me. But what, like again, wouldn't it wouldn't it be even more filthy if the person who's about to do that action is someone perfectly clean and pristine and 
then you see what happens I, behind closed doors. Like, isn't would that be the filth? So for me, I think the look had to be better. The look had to be part of the storytelling because, oh, yeah. unfortunately, you're gonna think that a creepy clown looking thing like that is gonna do that shit anyway. Dolly so just it did. Is like your dad, like uh, a random dad <laughs> from a business conference, just ready to jerk right, off. Right, but like, or... like going back to the Patrick Bateman American Psycho thing. If you see that person, then do what Dolly does with the the blinds closed, the curtains closed. That's filthy. That's terrifying. So that's they my issue with the look. Conference in America, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. Drax says this was her favorite of the night as it had a message of how gross and voyeuristic our society is. You're engaged and pop, he's dead. Filthy can be elevated and through provocative and be disturbing to you. Swan says the performance was scary and sexy and sad and morbid and filthy and fabulous. She says it was a weird perverted mirror put in front of you. There's a lot of adjectives. Yeah. I'm going to give it a boo because I was not here for the look. That's just boo. I think there's a reason they saved it for last. Besides I do. I agree. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a spook for me as well. Spook gets it. Eighty-three percent spook, seventeen percent boo. I was a grumpy one here. Who was your favorite of this round? I'm going Hoso. Dolly. I think in the moment when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, all right, Dolly. That was that was weird. That was creepy." Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give it to Dolly as well. But Hoso is like by far, like very, 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 very close to yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's one last time for the Boulets to talk about each finalist. It's all things we've heard before, things they want to give them positive and negatives. The only one who really got all positive was Dolly, but I guess that was the, the narrative of the night. Yeah. We're gonna get one last montage of the season. Before we say goodbye to season four, what was your favorite moment of season four? I just, I, I, in our household, I feel like our most quoted thing from this season is you are looking very cheap, baby. Um, I was literally, that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> but I, what I will say is uh, when Astrid was losing her damn mind <laughs> it's like it's not about it's about like you gotta prove yourself and it just cuts to mary and mary goes i mean the looks are kind of important girl <laughs> like that was that was the moment where i was like oh, i'm gonna like this so basically i'm gonna have fun this season basically new york made it entertaining <laughs> yeah that's true all right our finalists are on the stage wearing something a little bit different for the crowding not their best but they know what happens should they win so they're going to wear what they're going to wear. To get a bucket of fake right? on you. Not if they win. They all fall for them. Even if you lose, you have to sacrifice an outfit. Oh, no. There can only be one winner, and they have made their final decision. The winner of Dragula Season 4 is Dolly. The blood drenches down, and just like that, the season is done. Do we agree with Dolly as the winner? Oh, well, it doesn't fucking matter, does it? It's still going to be the winner. <laughs> sure, but do we agree with it? Yes um, or no? I, I agree with it. I think Dolly brought very, not like good drag, but also just solid, like winning attitude and sold performances. And I think that's like how you win these shows, right? Is that you show up and you look at what the checkboxes that the hosts are trying to check off are. 
And it very much helps when you've had a season and a special to prep you look at half of the final four. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's, I'm, I'm here for it. Seraphim? Yeah, I, I, everything that Scott said, like I, it makes sense that they won. I'm not surprised, I'm not mad. I'm not thrilled. Yeah, that. But like, yeah. given the finale, yeah, like it makes total sense. Sure. Actually, I, it makes like half sense because I kind of think I was so good. Like, I agree. Couldn't should have taken it. Yeah, I think Hosa would have been a great winner. I think Saint could have won if the final three looks were better. Um, my biggest question though is, why did um, Dolly not have to do that first episode? I don't. Who was her horror icon? She she said it in one of the episodes. I don't remember when she did, but she revealed who she was going to do. Was it the Invisible Man? Because he wasn't there. <laughs> That's my biggest issue is like you have for me, you have to just remind remember Dolly got a week pass for a gimmick. Yeah. We we rarely ever see gimmicks win reality shows. Dolly's broken that mold. Um, and you have to wonder what was the pass here. And and contractually with reality shows, you can't bitch about it. You can't you can't go back and say, Well, why did they not get this chance? It's just how it is. But for me, I'm always going to question it and say Dolly didn't do a full season. Did Dolly have to go through the horror maze at the beginning that they said they'd be immediately <laughs> exterminated? Exactly. I mean, th- like, this is the same exact thing I would have said if Art <laughs> Simone won down under. Why did Art get a pass and not have to do a week? That's my feeling. I mean, her punishment was that she missed all the, the, pre- the press from before the season aired. I guess. Uh, that's very true. Is that a punishment <laughs> or is that a blessing? For some people, that's a blessing because they don't have to do all that shit. That's very true. Imagine saying right. like watching all your friends have to pack 14 Zoom interviews into one day and you're just like, I'm going to smoke a bowl and sit here. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd get FOMO. That's I mean, fair. I want to come. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got some burning questions to wrap this up. How does season four rank alongside the other three seasons, not Resurrection? Um, it would have been better if like season one had been filmed with phone cameras in a basement and posted to YouTube, but uh, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, it's up there. It's got, I don't know that it's like the best season. I don't think that it like shut all the other ones down, but yeah. it's up there. Was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was better than season three and one. I don't. I don't know if it was better than season two. That's where I'm feeling landing. Also, production wise, definitely. Absolutely. Production was much better. Oh, I it's, love that they have budgets. It's much more tolerable to watch. <laughs> um, who's going to return for their second chance? Same, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, I'm personally hoping Astrid, but we'll see. I this is a strong cast. I could see Zava. I could see Coco. Coco. I definitely see Coco. Yeah. Bitches love Coco. Uh, well, I have I have one more mini extermination challenge that we can do if we if you'd like. Um it was it was it was planned when we had the other two, but we can still do it. Um this mini extermination challenge is again in the realm of truth and dare, and we're gonna do a little bit of a truth here. Tell one of your fellow panelists, aka you gotta tell each other, uh, what you think their New Year's resolution should be. 
Silence. Yes, her roommates. <laughs> they were roommates. This is blatant homophobia. <laughs> right here. Scout's uh, New Year's resolution should be to be less of a bitch. I mean, to myself and others. I've made that my resolution before and it hasn't worked yet. It's <laughs> a bitch. Uh... <laughs> Scout. Seraphim, your resolution should be uh, to stop doing the dishes when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Very selfish. <laughs> well, it's a new year, and I'm hoping with New Year's comes new um, catchphrases for your social media handles. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects coming up? What a segue. Uh. <laughs> uh you can find me on um everything uh all all social media platforms at drag seraphim i think that's uh is this my first time since my new handle it is your first time saying uh, it. i changed and all my handles to drag seraphim you should in fact drag seraphim i chuckle <laughs> every time i say it in my head i'm like drag her, <laughs> drag her. yeah um and you can find me at scout Sonner. Just like that. I don't think there's any periods in anything. By the next podcast, you better have like a, a, a phrase to go with it as you, like you promised. Now, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you got a buddy right there who could help you out to come up with something clever. Quick brainstorm sesh. <laughs> well, it was such a pleasure having you both here. And um, Drag Race Season 4, until next time, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's been real. The biggest thanks to Seraphim and Scout for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaternow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 